Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. I really like to thank the staff. I thought that uh, since the end of the season and all the things that we have been going on, have been going on, we've operated, uh, you know, two coaches short on the recruiting trail. Those guys had to double up their efforts, and I thought they did a fantastic job for us. There's no doubt about it. Uh, we really like the way the class finished, and uh, we'll see where we're going to go from here. I, was, I got to work this morning. Uh, started in my office, walked down the offices, went up the back stairs and went through all the uh, coaches' offices, some of the coaches in their rooms, some of the coaches not in their rooms, went down the steps, shot through the locker room, caught the guys that had been working out early in the morning, some clothed, some not clothed, went through that to the locker room, caught all the guys in the locker room who were just coming out of the weight room. I did skip the training room, went into the weight room, and then reversed back out and got into the cafeteria. And I'm excited that recruiting is over and I can get back with the La Familia, the Ohana, this family that really, really matters, okay, who's changed their bodies. You know, they're not, they're not little guys. They're big guys. And uh, we're going to need a lot of those cats if we're going to compete in the ACC Atlantic. So this was an exciting day. Uh, my hair is starting to stand up right now. If you don't believe me, you can come take a picture of it, send it on the Internet. And I can't wait to get started with this staff, okay, that we've chosen to lead the young men that we have. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, as always, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast centered around giving you, the fans, a voice. Welcome. Happy Thursday. And we are back um, a day later than we were expected to. But Wake Forest had a game last night. We kind of wanted to just give you fresh stats and whatnot, plus uh, watch the game. I don't know if I watched a full Wake Forest game yet this season, so watch them uh, play Louisville. Played them pretty good for, for most of the game. We'll get into um, the pregame for yes. Syracuse as Wake Forest will make the trip north to play Syracuse Saturday in primetime at 8 o'clock. Also, real quick, we're going to talk about some of the, the football news that recently came out. We had... Yeah, yesterday was National Signing Day, Sean. Yes, and it was so exciting. I could hardly contain myself. You can come take a, a picture. I got goosebumps. You can put it on the internet. You know, early signing days kind of taking the you know the fun out of this date, but for bigger school, I mean, there are guys that wait this long. So we've had uh, more um, action in that period in the past, it's just this year was definitely a little slow. Yeah, it was a little slow. Why is that? Just mm-hmm. is it the lack of coaches? Is it the was it just was just sometimes it happens it's cyclical? What? Nah, I mean, just sometimes you have less guys that that uh, commit 
on the early signing period. So you're fighting to kind of keep them there. And so sometimes when that happens, then you, I mean, if we had five or six guys that waited and didn't sign early, but then they still ended up coming to Syracuse, then we would have had 10 more guys and it looked a lot more, you know, positive. So I just think a lot of it had to do with the majority of our guys signed on early signing day. Well, the plan was to split these two things up, but Joe, um, he didn't want to do it last night. He didn't want to do, he didn't want to talk about football last night, which shocked me. I was like, I was taken aback by it. I could not believe it. But uh, we decided to cram it all in today. So that's what we're going to do. And we are going to cram it all in today. But before we do so, attention, past, present, and future, my bookie players. Look, if you know what sports book betting is all about, uh, I recommend you head over to my bookie. If you don't know what it's all about, then um, you know you can you could ask around, you could do your own research, or uh, you could uh, use my bookie's patient customer service. They can uh, walk you through anything. They can walk you through the process. They can answer any of the questions you have. And right now they're still running the um, dollar for dollar match deal. So it doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first time customer. My bookie welcomes all that come to play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. How do you do so? You go to mybookie.ag. And when you make your first deposit, use the promo code CHAIR. That's C-H-A-I-R, CHAIR. And MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart that bankroll. So just log on to MyBookie.ag. Make your first deposit using the promo code CHAIR. And MyBookie will match you 100% up to 1000 bucks. After that, you're on your own. Uh, MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Thank you, my bookie. All right. So, um, so Syracuse, they uh, looks like they will hire Arizona State's Tony White as new defensive coordinator. And, you know, we had the, uh, the deal with the last coach. If you listen to Coach's press conference on National Signing Day, um, you know that uh, he didn't want to comment on it. He's not, a, right. he's not part of our – he's not part of – the orange, so he left it at that, which is probably the best thing to do. White comes uh, from Arizona State. He was defensive coordinator under Herm Edwards. You may know Herm Edwards. Uh, he was a big name in the NFL for a bit. Um, yeah. So um, <clears throat> he was coaching defensive backs, and he was moved up um, to defensive coordinator. And before that, he was a member of Rocky Long staff at San Diego State So uh, and New Mexico before that. So, uh, And he brings the three-three-five defense. Uh, yeah. He also was named um, the Scout.com Mountain West Recruiter of the Year um, for cornerbacks, um, according to... Two times, right? Yeah, two times, yep. So, um, you know, that's something to hang your head on. He's a good recruiter. He's bringing this three three five defense. Joe, what's the yeah, three three five obviously. all about? Obviously uh, what? Well, again, a lot of... When it comes to what you want to... You know, Babers came in... Was wanted to run the four two five because he knew that uh, I think they're they're just good at recruiting those defensive backs, the power five, you know, top level guys. I think that we have that's one of our strongest points and has been as far as recruiting since he's been here. But uh, a lot of it has to do with who else you can recruit. And one of the areas that we've had a difficulty recruiting, I feel, is the defensive line. I know that we had some guys that were from the Schaefer era still, and, and they ended up being pretty good and, uh, and stuff like that. But um, we've been able to, to really, I think we, this past 
last year's uh, class, I think we got really good athletic uh, linebackers, and we've been able to get a lot of these these tweener guys where they're not really defensive ends, but they're not really linebackers, and uh, their skills kind of bounce back and forth. But we've been really, really good at um, getting talented defensive backs. So I think the three three five, what that really does is it just gives you a little bit more flexibility based upon your personnel and based upon, I think, where you're really successful at, at recruiting. Uh, you look at having McKinley Williams, Josh Black, and, and Kingsley Jonathan coming back. They're all going to be seniors. Um, that's a solid three to, to kind of hang your head on. But after that, we really don't know if we got that next guy in line that can kind of pass rush and still hold up on the, the run. Um, so what a three three five does is allows you to get pretty much your best athletic you know uh, players out there. Um, and it's also because a lot of times now you get more of that spread kind of throw it around. And just, a lot of times football is a little bit more pass heavy. Now you do get those, those run first teams, but for the most part, it's, you know, speed spread, throw it around and um, being able to get your speed and your most athletic guys out there uh, helps with that. And um, it just gives you a chance to be a little bit more exotic when it comes to whether or not you're where you're going to blitz, where it's going to come from. You know, you got that nickel back in there. Uh, you got three linebackers. So a lot of times a linebacker will step step up somewhere on that line to make it look like a four two anyway. Um, so it gives you a lot of versatility and, and, and it confuses teams as well. Um, now where it can hurt you is <laughs> if you are playing those run heavy teams and, and you don't really make your adjustments, but again, it's, it's a newer kind of format as far as defense. And I think that, uh, the biggest reason why is probably our personnel. Okay. Well, it's versatile, right? I mean, it can be. Yeah. 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 Well, because you got like the Tyrell Richards and the Juan Wallace, just a couple of those guys who have played linebacker, but also came in on the defensive end, too. So, I mean, you have that versatility where, again, the 3 3 5, that's only what it says is, okay, three down linemen. But a lot of those times in those situations, just like a 3 4 in the NFL, one of those outside linebackers ends up coming in up on the line and makes it, you know, ends up making it look like a four man rush anyway. And it changes what you can do because he's, you know, just in the two formation standing up and they can, they can do different stunts and different blitzes from that package. So, and you know, we have, we have like the speed and the size, um, in uh, the second level as well. You know, we got some guys that are sure tacklers, uh, with Cisco and Tro Williams. I think that our linebackers, Mikel Williams, uh, maybe Cantonark, who or Pogba coming in, Juan Wallace, those guys are all really athletic and they're kind of sure tacklers. So that helps as well when you do the three, three, five, um, because you do need, if you're going to play five secondary guys, you know, they're going to have to have both being able to, you know, cover the, the receivers and, um, also come up and, you know, make the tackle against the run. So, I just think that it goes towards our strengths. And then to get a guy that is this good a recruiter. Yeah, very, yeah, good, that good of a recruiter. And also, like, you know, I don't know. Look, I don't know the guy, but this is what he does. This is what he does. He teaches this defense. It's just, it's, well, it's they're just, saying he's an up-and-coming yeah. defensive coordinator, and there's even rumors that this was Baber's first uh, first choice anyway. So. Oh, really? Okay. Well, that's like I said, just rumors. I'm not face? claiming anything. Right, 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 right. And and by the way, nothing's been totally confirmed yet, right? With this coach, uh, like we haven't had. I mean, right? No, well, you said I that mean, he was on another podcast, well, he was right? On, so. Yes, yes. Uh, Dominic, uh, did, yeah. I didn't have time to listen to it, Dominic, but he was on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. That's the Syracuse dot com with Stephen Bailey. I have not listened to it yet, so, um, yeah. but. And this so, all could have had something to do with it too, right? Because we're going around looking for coaches, still trying to fill our staff. We were down a couple of recruiters. So um, a lot of times when you're 
coaching staff is in that type of position, then it's really hard to kind of flip a guy. Yeah. So we had four new uh, signees. We And if you want to go through the early signees that we already did, you can go back and find that. And if I was a really good host, I would have already had done that. But I'm just now thinking about mm. it as I'm thinking we've got four more and we're adding them to the list we already have. So my apologies. I don't have any. Just... <laughs> It was towards the beginning of basketball season. I can tell you that. Yeah. Right, Joe? Is that fair to say? Okay. It was after early signing period, yeah. So. Well, right. Like, almost exactly right after. It was in December. Okay. Okay. All right. Good enough. All right. Look. Um, let's see. Let's start with five foot 180-pound Chase Atkinson. He's a cornerback. Um he is these all by the way, all of this information I'm giving you comes from two four seven Cuse Nation. I believe Mike McAllister put most of this together, if not all of it. So um anyways, that's where it all comes from. The link is still up there. Obviously, you can check it out. Uh two four seven sports composite rating, he's three stars. Uh the c- composite rating for position, uh safety cornerback, uh number 142. He's physical, he's he's very physical. He loves to tackle and stick his nose in it. So uh, that's according to Jason Siddell, Blythewood head coach of his his um, high school. Now, Blythewood, who did we have that goes there? Someone else that went there. Was it Robert Braswell? Yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah, it could be. I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up. You go ahead. I'll look it up. No, this was a guy. He not necessarily. I don't think he was new. I think uh, – I don't know exactly what the issue was um, in the early signing period, but I think it was something to do with, you know, academics and just making sure that he was going to be able to qualify. But I think he knew he was coming to Syracuse the whole time. Uh, and I remember watching his tape back during early signing period because I thought that we were going to be signing him. Uh, and I just remember him, again, kind of going off of what the, the coach said. Is he, he was a guy that I noticed that obviously 5'11", 180, not the biggest guy on the field, but he definitely uh, – laid down some some big hits and he was he was a ball hawk like he was trying to you could see he was when he was tackling he was putting the helmet on the ball and he definitely um forced some turnovers and and, and did stuff like that so um looks like a good addition but again you know true freshman and, and the way that our uh secondary is lined up already uh probably not gonna see the field this year but again new addition good addition to be able to you know red shirt get his Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Body right and learn the system. Um, by the way, yes, Robert Braswell. So, yeah, um, they should work really good together on the field together since they know each other already. Um, oh, yeah, different, <laughs> different sports. Okay. 
which, which is pointless of me bringing it up, but I, I thought I remembered that. Anyway, or I read it. Um, so, all right, who do we got next? Six foot five, 215 pound quarterback. Uh, he had other offers from Boise State. He, um, it is uh, Dylan Markowitz, who seems to be a, a big. He's, his stock's pretty high, I guess. So his sports composite ranking for his uh, quarterback is seventy, uh, pro style quarterback. And um, let's see, I thought they had some stats. Yeah, senior stats in high school: two hundred and twenty-four for three thirteen, seventy-two percent, forty-one hundred eighty-seven yards, forty-five TDs, six intercept interceptions, and seven rushing TDs. That's crazy. So yeah, um, he's not a dual threat, but he shows enough mobility. Uh, for a big body pocket QB to evade the pass rush and extend plays. When he does so, he's able to find receivers downfield with accuracy. That's according to Gabe Brooks, national recruiting analyst. Um, now, this is one of technically three quarterbacks, but um, seems like the cream of the crop. Yeah, that's, it's definitely one of those guys that you wonder about because you do see the Boise State offer there. And when you see his stats and he played 7A Texas ball, um, I do. Um, I did read something though that he. Um, this is like his first year that he's actually been able to come in and like start a full season. I do believe it was just, there was a situation when he was a sophomore where the starter got hurt and he went in and he played pretty good as a sophomore. But then I think last year they said he had to share time with a senior athlete that was out there playing quarterback as well. So um, he had a full year, and maybe that's why it, it took a little while for him to, you know. I mean, maybe that's why he's, his stock isn't higher. You know, if he had done this for three years, then who knows? But uh, again, I like his height and I like the way that he play. I watch his tape, like the way that he played. So again, uh, I think it's a pretty decent pickup, especially considering this late in the cycle and trying to get a quarterback. Obviously, we didn't get our first, second, or third option, but not a bad, not a bad little get this late in the game. No, no, I wouldn't say so. Number seventy, so and for his position, it's pretty good. So. I don't know if they break it down to quarterback. His says number 70 pro style quarterback. I don't know. Yeah. They have dual threat. They have. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, All right. okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's a little bit lower than that. If you were to just right. go by the quarterback, <clears throat> um, six foot four, 200 and, uh, 200 pound, uh, Jacoby and more, uh, Morgan quarterback, another quarterback, uh, three star, uh, composite ranking according to 247 Sports. Number, yeah, here we go. Number, number 79, pro-style quarterback. Uh, according to his coach at Canton uh, High School, Calvin Bolton, he says, Jacoby's got the measurables you just can't teach. 200 pounds, strong arm, uh, very smart athlete, and very knowledgeable of his position. His stats for his senior year, 183 for 296, 61.8%, 2,487 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and 3 rushing TDs. Yeah, this is another guy when you read read up on his story when he when – he, uh, when he committed, you know, you heard his coach talk about, you know, good captain, good leader. You know, you know, we got a diamond in the rough type guy. Um, when I went and looked at his tape, you know, I like his size. I do like the way that, I mean, he is smart with the ball. You can see certain, just the natural athletic ability and you can see the strong arm. But I do think that this is uh, a guy that is going to definitely need to take some time with uh, some technique, uh, stuff like that. He does throw a decent deep ball, but I worry about, um, how long it takes him to get rid of the ball and, uh, you know, what those short timing passes are going to look like and stuff. So, again, 
Um, like they said, like his coach said, he's got the measurables. He's got the the head for it. It's just more or less. I think he needs some coaching and, and some technique for, you know, his throwing uh, motion and the way that he kind of sets up to throw. But other than that, um, he does have all the measurables. And there was definitely some impressive throws and some impressive plays that, uh, that I saw. All right. Last. Well, the last one. Uh, scholarship player is uh, six foot, one hundred eighty-five pound Jihad Carter. This was this one came late, and everybody was pretty excited about it. So um, I'm gonna roll with it, uh, I guess. So three star sports composite rating, uh, number one for prep athlete. So that's how he's listed. Uh, according to Mike McAllister, versatile defensive back who can play cornerback or safety and spent time at both while in high school. So um, he's he's going to be good back there. And I guess, you know, six foot, 185 pounds, like right. Perfect size. So right at it. Right yeah. Now. Yep. And again, I think this is just another another signing that goes towards the, you know, just makes the three through five uh, stronger. And again, I think this is really just where we can recruit really really well but um this is a guy that i was i didn't honestly i didn't think we were going to get him and i'm glad that uh glad that we did he ended up reclassifying going to prep school but um i think it had something to do with grades but it was basically last year where he i mean he was committed to to going to virginia tech i mean he had offers from michigan south carolina nc state florida atlantic i guess yeah so he um he went to prep school and i think he was like with the number two prep overall and so again i mean the coach just had nothing but good things to say about you know just his leadership and his just how smart he was they basically said that he coached the defensive backs on the field this year so and you hear stuff like that and then you know that he's kind of got and that extra year um so he's probably going to come in a little bit more physically developed and prepared than most true freshmen so um this was a good grab especially again like i said this late in the game so yeah, it's pretty awesome. So, I mean, some good gets. You know, I get. You know, we're we're kind of wondering what the backup quarterback situation is going to be, and I guess we still don't really know. But it's nice to have a few options back there, right? So, yeah. Uh, well, before this, I mean, what do we have? Rex Culpepper. Rex Culpepper, and that was pretty much it, right? And then David Summers. Oh, Summers. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, I mean, and he obviously I know that he was, I think, but signed or committed to, to Maryland before he turned and, and came with us. But uh, he didn't really look physically ready last year on the sideline and, and in the spring game. And, um, and so, I mean, yeah, that was going into this. I mean, yeah, maybe nervous for sure. So now, you know, knowing that we have some options. I mean, it's the options. Right. So when you look at when you look at um, this Dylan Markowitz, who's he's I mean, Six five two fifteen. I mean, it's a pretty big boy. So, you know, he's and he's still got time to grow. So yeah, and, and well, sometimes get in the weight room and all that. And right, I and mean, you want to usually get a quarterback every time. And some people, you know, they have their list of quarterbacks and stuff. But then you get down to late in the game, and sometimes you you got those scholarships to give. Maybe you don't see any other places where you can do something. Because I mean, obviously, the chances of what two quarterbacks coming in the same class and and them both staying. Right. It's probably slim to none, exactly. right? So this is them yeah. throwing, you know, looking at some tape, tryouts, taking the new, man. taking the new off, yeah, taking the new offensive coordinator, and and trying to maybe get a d- different type of, you know, as you can see, they're both what six five, taller guys, um, and uh, bring them in and see if you can find it that diamond in the rough, or if one sticks, you know. Yeah. So anyway, they both look like they're like 
Well, they both look their age. Both look like 17, 18 years old. So, anyway. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, no. we, had a, we had a walk on, too, right, Joe? Uh, many of you may not have heard of uh, Luke McPhail. Um, I guess uh, I don't have really anything on him. There wasn't a ton. Two-star. No. You know, it was a two-star. He doesn't have really any composite ratings or anything like that. So, obviously, it's kind of a... You know, two star walk on. So anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I found out about this guy. I was talking to my buddy Sabo. I don't know if I said quarterback. 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 Yeah. I was talking to my buddy Sabo last night, and he was, and he said that he watched all the guys' tapes, and he said that he thought Luke McPhail's tape was more impressive than all three of the quarterbacks. So, but again, you have to look at highlight. Certain, it's a highlight tape. Well, not only a highlight tape, but I think I, I look at the the overall um, competition you're playing, right? I mean, obviously, Dylan Markowitz is playing in the the best competition, playing down in Texas, 7A ball, right? And Jacoby and um, Morgan don't really know, you know, how competitive you know, his league was down in Mississippi. Um, and then you got the guy, Luke McPhail, who plays in Massachusetts. So, uh, again, though, I was on the phone with my buddy Sabo, and he was just raving about the plays over. I got to get him to send me that, that highlight tape, but he said he's got a strong arm. He's six, four, he can move around in the pocket. So again, a two star that probably wanted to get a division one scholarship and didn't. So took the preferred walk on. So again, this is just another shot at maybe some guy coming in with the chip on his shoulder. And I mean, everyone, you got to look at it. Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield, he walked in and walked on to Texas tech and took the starting job. And then went and transferred to Oklahoma and walked on because they didn't want to offer him a scholarship. So uh, some guys, they just get overlooked and they come in with a chip on their shoulder and you just never know. Yeah. Well, there ain't nothing wrong with a chip on your shoulder. That's for damn sure. I'll take take guys all day. Yeah. And something tells me that all three of these guys probably thought they should have got better looks than what they did. So Yeah, not not really highly recruited guys except for – except for – Markowitz, who was the Boise, he had an offer from Boise State. So, but but, you know, I I say that, but the 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 cornerback, Jihad Carter, he had some good ones. Virginia Tech, probably Michigan. Uh, Well, yeah, but that was last year. Yeah, yeah, I know. But um, anyway, with that said, so that's it. We're all caught up on on football for now, Joe. Yeah, I just think, I dude, it's it's interesting with those quarterbacks, man, because going over the depth, like after Tommy DeVito, for any one of those three that are oh, coming in. Oh, we needed something. We were, I mean, right. we talked about it's, grad it's transfer. It's open competition maybe? for oh, backup. Oh, right? absolutely. You got five of them it's, back there. Yeah, open <laughs> yeah. competition. I yeah. don't care how long you've been here. Whoever yeah. plays better. Whoever and they got better, a new exactly. offensive coordinator and a new that's going to be the the quarterback coach, too. So. And what are we not going to do this year, though, Joe? What are we not going to do this year? What are we not going to do this year? Sounds, um, sounds exciting. It's exciting. There's nothing wrong with but, being excited. What we're not going to do, though, we could be excited. We, we could be excited all we want, but we're not going to set expectations. That's one thing we're not going to do. New, a lot of new coaches. You know, I don't know. I don't know how well. Uh, a lot, a couple of them coming on a little bit late. You know, um, well, not well. A little everyone's going to. Everyone's going to set their own expectations. Yeah, it's just well, what I, what I, you know, there's low expectations and high expectations. I got medium expectations. How about that? So, well, anyway. All I'm right. sure we'll talk about it in the future. Yeah. For now, football in the rearview mirror. But um, it's exciting. I can't, I can't wait to, uh, to get some more information, see some more stuff from these guys. It's always fun. But we got a ways to go with that. We still got all summer. Yeah. So, what's that? 
All right, Wake Forest will head north to Syracuse, as I mentioned earlier. This Saturday, 8 o'clock, to face the Orange in the Dome. Syracuse and Wake Forest have only faced off one time prior to Syracuse joining the ACC. The Orange took that game 74-76. to The all-time series between the two teams sits at 8-1 in favor of Syracuse. Uh, Wake Forest is led by 6-foot, 195-pound senior guard Brandon Childress. and He leads the Demon Deacons in scoring with 13.5 points a game, 4.7 assists a game, and steals with 1.3. And he's a threat. He can shoot over you, no problem. Um, and he, he did it last night against Louisville. So 7-foot, 255-pound junior center Olivier Saar follows up Childress in points with 13 and leads the team in rebounds with 9.4 game at seven foot you'd imagine that his field goal percentage would probably lead the team and it does with 50 uh, now 50 uh, playing around the rim the way he does maybe a little bit mediocre I don't know but we'll see I guess as a team Wake shoots 42.4 percent from the field 74.6 percent from the line and 34.1 percent from three uh, Wake is after their game last night against uh, Louisville which they lost 86 to 76. They dropped from 107 in the net to 106 in the net. That makes this a quad three game at home for Syracuse. When we talk about games that you can't lose, this is one of them. So, Joe, when I was watching that game last night, and I know you were against uh, Louisville, yeah. they they came out. They were on fire for about three quarters of that game. They did. They actually played really, really well. And in Louisville, you know, a team like that, defense like that, is going to chip away and make things difficult, and they did, and they came back and they won that game, but it was at Louisville, and Childress is dynamite. I mean, uh, he was only two for nine from three, but uh, he did He was. He was. did a great job, and so did White. Yeah, five Andrew for, and White. Yeah, five five for nine from three, and six for, six for 12 from the floor. He led them with 17 points, So and Saar uh, was uh, 16 points. Uh, yeah. They made me a little nervous watching them a little bit, but... I don't know, Joe. I don't know. I I don't think it's a terrible matchup. Sar makes me a he makes me a little nervous. But yeah, well, they, he's two hundred and fifty-five pounds. He's seven foot tall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's a big guy, and I don't think that he's necessarily as skilled as some of the other big big guys we played. Obviously, Kerry, he's not. But uh, this is a team that's going to come out and they're going to play hard. I mean, like you, like you talk about Tory Johnson, Andrian White, uh, Brandon Childress, all. Um, starting guards, all senior guards. Olivier Sar, he's a four. Uh, uh, sorry, he's um, <clears throat> a junior four or center. And then I know we they start um, Oguama, who's only a sophomore, but he's a six nine sophomore. So again, there's a little bit more height out there as well on the wing. I'm um, not a huge score, but uh, they also bring in uh, Chande Brown, who gets a bunch of minutes off the bench um, as the other guard, and he's a junior as well. So uh, they are. You know, an experienced team, although they're not, they haven't been the most successful team throughout the they, years. They, they sit at the bottom of the ACC, too, this year. Right, so right. So they're just. And again, they, they have showed sparks in, in certain instances where they can score, but it's usually only like the certain people. Uh, every once in a while, you'll get a white or, a, you know, a Masood that's on the bench, uh, another freshman uh, that can make some shots, hit some threes, get hot. But, I mean, it's mostly Saar and Childress you really got to worry about. Um, again, they got some some guys that can obviously hit open threes, but uh, their problem really is defense. Like you said, they were up 12 at half yesterday at Louisville, and they lose by 10. They shot 42 
percent, forty five percent, something like that from the field. But I mean, Louisville shot. 48% and 50%. And then Louisville went 14 to 28 from the three point line. Uh, according to Ken Palm, Wake Forest, their adjusted defense, they're 149th. So that's really where their, their issue is, is they're really not a great um, defensive team. And that's really where we got to take advantage. If they're going to start those three guards, then we're going to have uh, our height advantages with Buddy and Elijah Hughes. And so I'd imagine that Sean Day Brown and maybe some of these other Taller freshman, uh, Masood, this other uh, sophomore freshman, uh, I think it's Musius. Uh, he's not too bad either. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that they go a little bit, uh, a little bit taller against us instead of those those guards. But um, they got different lineups they can throw at us. And again, everything that they're doing now is pretty much hail mary. You know, I mean, they're a tough, experienced team that is pretty much sick of losing and you got guys like Brandon Childress who as you can see as the year goes on and on throughout his senior year he just wants to win and they play harder and harder every game so but we'll be the fresher team <laughs> yeah that's right and you know we've we've talked about that whether or not that is a you know a big advantage or not like I said though at the beginning I really do feel like it is for um for Syracuse this time around, for sure, because of just the guys that were getting bumped around and stuff like that. And I think, you know, them not having to travel, that's going to really help. And, you know, being at home again, obviously. And we'll see what kind of crowd we can get, too. I'm hoping, you know, we can get a good crowd in there. And this is going to be a must-win. And we're going on a little bit of a road trip of our own. going to play um, Florida State and Louisville. So, yeah. so those aren't going to be easy games. Those are our only last ranked opponents of, of the season during the regular, during the regular schedule. So, you know, well, we you, talked you, about them too, right? Yeah, we, we talked, yes, we did. And you gotta, you gotta get one of those. You gotta, I feel like you really have to get one of those. If you're just going to go through and win the games you should win and, 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 you know, lose the ones that maybe you're expected to lose as an underdog, that's not going to get it done. Come trying to, to you know, impress anybody no, yeah. uh, getting in the tournament. It's not going to happen. So, no. and I would just like no, to point out um, what, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and this is a quad three. This would be our first quad three loss, too, right? So oh, it would be, we've talked yeah. about we've talked about you know how we maybe not have beaten a really good opponent. You know, we don't have a really a signature win, so to speak, but we don't have a bad loss either. Right, but the best team we've beaten so far this year is is Virginia Tech, and Virginia Tech sits lower than us in the ACC currently. So, right, but they, they, I mean, net rankings. I, I know, I know, net rankings. And I'm down, like, with what James said, like, I'm all about the net rankings. That tells the tale for me. I love the Ken Palm numbers, but I'm, I'm, I, the net rankings tell me the tale too. But the Ken Palm numbers are essential. Yeah, but conference rank, conference standings don't always tell the whole story. Oh, about oh, oh, yeah, no, I get who's going to make no, the tournament. I understand and then, that, like, but, the whole spectrum, right? But, right, no, absolutely. But as our best win, they only sit above UNC, uh, Miami, and Wake Forest. In the ACC, I'm just saying, uh, Virginia Tech's five and seven in the ACC, and Wake Forest three and nine. Now we're we're sitting at six and five, which isn't exactly uh, lighting anything up, but it's not horrible. And you got Louisville and Florida State, who are first and third in the ACC, and you got a shot to boost your stock a little bit. Not only that, but you know we we are we are playing still for you know a two game bye, right? I mean we're still in, slotted for that, so. I mean, you kind of want to sit there come ACC tournament time, just 
for as far as the NCAA tournament goes, with the ACC tournament aside, you got to take one of those two. But before you look ahead to that, don't let this become a trap game on 8 o'clock at Saturday night. Looking ahead to those teams playing a team like Wake Forest, because Wake Forest is not terrible. They're not an awful no. team. No. So no, I mean, it's, that's for, what we talked about. The middle all the way to, like, there's not a huge gap between the no, worst team in not. the league and, right. you know, the fifth or sixth. So you don't come out and play, then you might lose. So, and the, like, so the reason I brought to. that whole buy, seller whole thing up was that I know that I said that we didn't need to win both of those, but we turn around and lose both of these next home games. Then that answer might change. So, again, we need to stay the course the way that ACC has kind of been with us. Uh, it was a little weird in the beginning when we had those close losses and having to start the year with Virginia, but then coming back and getting the redemption, uh, going on the road and beating them. I think that we kind of cleared that. Obviously, Clemson on the road was a tough loss, but uh, we need yeah, to get these next two wins before we, we go on the road against these guys because, um, yeah, it's going to be that, – that'll at least average us out a little bit. We can get to 15 and 9. doesn't look that bad. Um, not as bad as, you know – yeah, well, I mean, you got 13 NC, and 11 NC, and having to beat N- them on the road. Yeah, NC State's no slouch. So, you know, nope. they're right there. But we'll talk about NC State later. But, um, yeah, so anyways, I think, you know, I think Syracuse will, will outlast Wake Forest, I would like to think. so. But you never know. Being at home, I feel good about it. But um, well, Like you said, the crowd's got to be there. The they got to be involved. Be yeah, it's a Saturday night. I think, I, I think uh, our, our crew will show up. On a Saturday night, I think they'll be there. So they think the students will be there. Students were fantastic uh, against Duke, which you know it's a big game. So, but it, with that aside, who cares? They're great. So um, that's it. Anything else to add for Wake Joe? Nope. Just uh, Saturday's gonna be a long day. Wait until eight o'clock. I know it's always like that, but basketball starts at noon, Joe starts at noon you can start watching basketball at noon no one says you can't watch other games and drink a couple uh, beers you know that yeah, makes it you know makes it an even longer day yeah yeah <laughs> and then eight o'clock comes feels like 12 o'clock <laughs> yeah so. i know right i'll go run so, some errands and clean my car or something you'll, you'll go get something to eat you'll go out to get something to eat sit at the bar by yourself drink beer eating a burger no shut up <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing no, wrong with it, that. If if I go to the bar, I go and get a couple beers and take the food to go. Oh, you take the food to go? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's weak. I don't do that. Uh, oh, come on, I man. I got a nice I little need, spot within walking distance, and I'm going to eat I don't need it. to eat all that. Well, you could take it with you once you eat some of it. I mean, no one says you got to woof it down. You can't bring it home. I'm sure they got to-go boxes. They're giving you a to-go box. That's why I just tell him to put it in a to-go box right from the beginning. <laughs> you are such. You are so. It's not make this harder than it has to be, right? Oh my gosh! Anyways, that's classic <laughs> Joe. So, all right. Well, look, uh, we will be back here, same bat time, same, same bat channel. Bat time. Same, hey, yeah, Batman. <laughs> are you bat so, dad? Uh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not I'm that. Batman. I'm not that um, outgoing. That's why I do. That's why I sit behind a mic and I don't put myself on videos because no one needs to see that. Sean. My mom said I got a face for radio, so I just <laughs> I just went with it. Um, all right, 
we're out of here. Look, thanks, my bookie. Thanks to all lying. of you for listening. Hey, and thanks for the the man. I've been getting emails and DMs and all sorts of stuff for that episode that we did with James. People loved it. So if I could pay James, I'd just have him on every time, and then I, you know, I could just host the show and let James and Joe go at it. But um, this dude works for he he needs to get paid, and I can't pay mm-hmm. I can't pay him. Uh, chump change like i paid joe which is exactly zero so yep pretty much <laughs> shut the hell up all right that's, that's it um so uh we will be back here sunday after the weight game go syracuse thanks my bookie thanks to all of you for joe i'm sean thanks to james on guitar for joe i'm sean we're out hey thanks for listening to the q's militia podcast the fan's voice with sean and joe